Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the show. It is Denise. You are listening to Speak Now Pro Wrestling here on Tuesday, February 21st on F4W Online. And we are going to be chatting about NXT here today. It's Tuesday. You guys know the, tr the drill. It's all about NXT today. Um, and I, we're going to start off by kind of just an overall, I guess you can say, thoughts on NXT. And really, it's that Today's show, like it wasn't a bad show at all. It wasn't a bad show. It was kind of there. There were a lot of things that I did like. There were just some things that I was a little bit disinterested in. But for the most part, we're moving along. We're heading into Roadblock and then, you know, making our way to uh, NXT Stand and Deliver, which is going to be taking place during WrestleMania weekend. So for the most part, I feel like this is going to be a pretty quick show because there's some things that I think is going to take a little bit of time to talk about. But for the most part, I feel like it was a pretty straightforward show here. Here tonight so it'll be an easy breezy one but before we get into everything today just a heads up everyone I will be back tomorrow on Wednesday to chat about AEW Dynamite uh, that's usually my most popular show of the week so please make sure that you guys are here hanging out chatting some wrestling with me it's always a really good time and then on Friday I will be back to talk about Smackdown and Rampage and we will be back at a normal time since last week Rampage was on at a special start time uh, this time it'll be back to the normal start time for Friday. Also, if you guys want to help support this podcast, help support the show, you are more than welcome to send in a super chat at any point, And they really do just help me out, help keep me funded. And it's just a good way to get your question, comment, or statement read here on the stream. But let's go. Let's get into today's episode of NXT. I'm going to go in a nice chronological. Oh my God, I can't talk today. I'm going to go in a nice chronological format and get into Trick Williams versus Ilya Dragunov. So this one here was interesting because I, I you, we haven't really seen much of Trick Williams, to be honest. Like we mainly see him in terms of like the speaking and the talking and kind of being, you know, Carmelo Hayes right hand man. But we rarely ever see him uh, really wrestle. And Ilya Dragunov, on the other hand, to me, he's a guy that should already be on the main roster he's somebody that should be on like raw or smackdown because he's just at a different level in terms of he just seems a little bit too above nxt so you have two really different guys here somebody that's still getting uh who's still very new to the nxt to to, to the nxt world in terms of like in-ring wise and then you have Ilya dragunov who really should be on the main roster. So two totally different guys. And for me, I really thought that this was going to be a quick matchup in terms of Ilya Dragunov just going in there and absolutely killing Trick Williams is pretty much what I was expecting from this. And they actually gave Trick Williams a little bit more um, offense than I honestly expected in here and it was a little bit hard to buy because again you have trick and Ilya who are just on two totally different levels on two totally different planes right now um and so it was a little hard to buy so even though i really i know that i know that the cw that the performance center crowd they were really interested in this match i think at one point we even got like this is awesome chance i kind of felt like i wasn't necessarily as invested into this one just because i really couldn't buy a lot of 
what we were getting in here. Like to me, I just see Ilya Dragunov just so much more dominant. So it was a little bit hard for me to even buy this matchup, but it wasn't like necessarily too bad. I also did like Trick Williams coming out and cutting his promo um right beforehand and letting people know like, oh, you guys think that I just know how to talk. Well, guess what? You know, I can do more, you know, that sort of thing. So I did like that he did this and pretty much after this matchup, um, we ended up seeing like a little stare down between Ilya Dragunov and JD McDonough. And that's been the feud that we've been, uh, you know, kind of, you know, this is the feud that we've been seeing start to brew once again. So I'm I'm okay with this. This was fine. This was a fun little opener for NXT. Nothing much else to really add about this other than I'm looking forward to Ilya Dragunov and JD McDonough. But I've already said that like a hundred times. So it doesn't even matter anymore. But it's still something that I'm looking forward to, um, you know. Uh, but let's see what people are saying here uh, on all of this. Let's see. We got Raphael Smith. Raphael, thank you so much for all of your consistent support. I see all of your comments comments on YouTube. I appreciate you so much. Uh, Raphael says Ilya Dragunov is going to the main roster ASAP. He should have been on the main roster a long time ago. Uh, Ryan Barefoot says, yeah, not a knock on trick or anything like that, but this match should have been like half the runtime it did. And that's that's a little bit of the truth, though, because even if it was somebody like, um, I don't know, even Von Wagner, even Von Wagner has gotten more of these, uh, you know, more of a chance to showcase himself. <laughs> and, and, and that's some that I feel like you know has been a little bit I hate to like just throw Von Wagner under the bus for no reason but um really though it, it, we haven't seen much of Trick Williams in the ring so I almost feel like I just couldn't instantly buy him against Ilya Dragunov so that was a little bit of a struggle for me because I feel like you can see Trick Williams you know pretty much in there with anybody and kind of just to warm it up so that when you do have this match with Ilya Dragunov it feels a little bit more believable, you know? So that's a little bit of where I was on all of this. And uh, let's see what else we got here. We actually got a super chat from David Kaplan. Thank you so much to David for kicking us off here with our first super chat of the evening. And David says, hello, are you going to WrestleMania? And if so, excited. Of course, I'm going to be at WrestleMania. It's in my hometown of uh, Hollywood, even though it's technically going to be in Inglewood. Um, <laughs> SoFi Stadium is actually in Inglewood by the way. And then all the other WWE events are going to be taking place at the former Staples Center, which is the, um, now known as Crypto.com Arena. And that is in downtown LA. So uh, it's going to be very scattered in case you guys are not familiar with like the greater Los Angeles area. It's going to be very scattered, but I can't wait um, to talk a little bit more about, we'll be talking a little bit more about WrestleMania today because uh, later on in the show, we did get a bunch of uh, previews for the WrestleMania spoofs that we've been seeing. We officially have already seen the Becky Lynch, Seth Rollins one, but today we got a little bit more previews on what we can expect once we get like the full spoofs for some of the other ones that are coming up. Uh, but yes, I will definitely be at WrestleMania since it's 20 minutes away from my house. Uh, we got a super chat here from Sheldon Jackson. Thank you so much to Sheldon, who I just met uh, about a week ago. So thank you to Sheldon, who says, it felt like a test for Dragunov to see if he can get something out of somebody somebody who is still re relatively new to the business. Hey, you know what? I like this. Thank you so much for pointing this out because honestly, like here's the thing. I don't think it was a test by any means because I think Ilya Dragunov can get a good match out of anybody. I mean, Ilya Dragunov can get a good match out of this podcasting mic here. Um, he can get a good uh, match out of anybody, but I do like your perspective here where it was, uh, you know, maybe it was just like a, 
I don't, I don't want to say I don't want to say it was a test. I don't want to say it's a test, but I do like where you're coming from in terms of just seeing what you can get out of this kind of a, a little bit of an odd pairing, right, for a matchup. But you know what? I like this um, super chat. Thank you so much to Shelton Jackson bringing in some positivity here. Over here, negative Nancy was like, I don't buy this match, Ugh, you know? Uh, so thank you to Shelton for sending this in. Um, but let's go ahead and uh, move on from here. And um, everybody's pointing out the same thing, that it's actually a fair point that Sheldon Jackson just made. So a uh, shout out to Sheldon. That is a fair point. Um, but let's press on from here because after this, we got probably one of my favorite portions of NXT here today. Now, I've always said this a bunch of times, but I think NXT does a really great job of like these vignettes and all of the little, they get very creative when it comes to these things. And, um, you know, all of the vignettes and the promos and things that they do to kind of add to the story and add to the characters. I've always thought they really did a good job of that. And I would, this is something that, you know, we're always talking about the main roster and NXT and main roster and NXT. This is still something that I would very much love to see incorporated into the main roster a lot more because we don't really get stuff like this on Raw and SmackDown. And, you know, we've talked about this before. If we get it, it's like once in a blue moon. It's not very often versus on NXT. We'll get several of them per show and I do think that it adds a lot to the stories it adds a lot to these characters um it's definitely something I would like to see the main roster pick up just a tad bit more um and you know I've seen the space that they have to work with and all of the different um because they sometimes make the places look like you're someplace else, like you're it's dark, it's scary, it's light out, you know, they do all of these different things. And given the space that they work with, it's actually pretty, it's pretty impressive to see everything that they have been able to do the different types of moods and settings that they've been able to create with the um, with the space that they have, right. So anyways, we got this one that I absolutely loved. And this was between uh, Mako Satamora and Roxanne Perez. So as we know, their match is happening, apparently at Roadblock. And I didn't even realize it was going to be happening at Roadblock. Um, I felt so bad because I didn't realize it was on Roadblock on last NXT's post-show review. And I found out a couple days later for some reason. And I was like, oh, shit, that match is happening at Roadblock? Damn, I look like a fool on my NXT show when I said I didn't know when the match was happening. Um, so apparently that's when it's happening anyway so um Mako's doing this you know training seminar with a bunch of students this and that right she's teaching people you know uh to go the way that she does go hard the way that she does right so then you know she's about to get her class started and then Roxanne Perez pops in all happy and she's like hey I'm here to take the class so she so she comes in and she you know she trains she does the training right so this first portion we're seeing them go through like all this intense like cardio and all of these things that they have to do like a thousand squats and things that would you know kill you and I here and so they're doing all of these crazy things right and what started as of like what started off as an entire class quickly dwindled down to like three and then finally there was two left with the last person being Roxanne Perez and once they were done with that Roxanne kind of thought that the class was over and she thanks her for uh you know thanks her for it right and Mako's like, no, like, why are you saying goodbye? We've only just begun. So then we get a part two of this. And the part two, we kind of see them train a little bit more together. And Roxanne kind of asks her, like, why are you, why are you willing to train me knowing that we have this upcoming match? And basically, 
Mako just kind of said it's all about, you know, what's in here pointing to her heart versus versus what's here and pointing to the muscle, right? So, you know, putting over passion and whatnot. And I got to tell you, I loved this like little, um, I, you know, I kind of would, and I'm going to put this out there for those of you watching in terms of how you would feel about this. But after, you know, we see Mako versus Roxanne after that set and done, I kind of want to see a situation where like Mako is a little bit of a mentor to Roxanne Perez. I don't know why, but I just don't want to see this pairing, uh, you know, end after this matchup between them. I feel like you can do uh, maybe a little bit of like, I don't know, it's just so heartwarming to kind of see them interact with one. One another and I kind of got like mom mentor vibes from Mako Satamora, especially because Roxanne's like so much younger and to me it kind of gave us like those vibes and that's honestly something that I wouldn't be opposed to seeing also a match that they announced for next week which I'm really looking forward to is going to be uh, Mako versus Zoe Stark and Zoe Stark's really good we talked about her being really good numerous times so I really do think that's going to be a really good match I'm really looking forward to that one and it's going to be a good one leading into Mako versus Roxanne Perez. But honestly, I would not be opposed to seeing some sort of like mentorship, um, you know, kind of deal with Mako and Roxanne because this was good. I felt good about this. Um, so we'll see. And um, <laughs> let's see what else we got here. And yeah, by the way, Steven points out that this definitely had uh, some good memes. We got some good memes out of Mako and uh, Roxanne uh, that I thought were pretty funny, actually. And um, let's see what we got about this one here. Any thoughts on this one? This one's from Ryan, who says, I love that it didn't take more uh, nefarious routes. It really felt like Mako was just aiming to have Roxanne push herself. Exactly. Like, this is literally friendly competition in terms of, you know, yeah, Mako. It's it's this thing where, like, Mako is so confident and she's so composed. You, it, It's a little hard to read her. But the way that I read her, it's almost like she just... I'm not saying she doesn't want to become NXT Women's Champion, but something tells me there's maybe a bigger picture here. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It just doesn't feel like that's Mako's only goal is to, you know, defeat Roxanne Perez and take away her NXT Women's Champion. It feels like there's more there. Maybe she wants to teach her a lesson. Maybe she wants to rough her up, but like in a good way to help her become a stronger champion. It's weird because, yeah, she's just not coming off like any other opponent that's just all about the championship. It feels like there's more there, like there's more behind this. And so I'm curious about that. And obviously, you know, they're both faces. You know, you're not hating on Mako. You're definitely not hating on Roxanne Perez. So this feels like friendly competition and I'm here for it. Um, but let's see what else we got here. This is from M. Durrett who says, Mako should beat her with the story being Roxanne making her way back to beating the final boss way down the road. No way, no way. I would not want this. I would not want this, no. And it, you know what? If this was far down the line and let's say we had already seen Roxanne Perez as a champion for quite a bit, then maybe I'd go for something like this. But Roxanne just started off being a champion, so I wouldn't want to see her 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 run end so abruptly. Uh, so yeah, I would definitely not want that right now. Um, but there we go. Let's go ahead and press on from here. Um, after this, we really kind of got into go into um, everything that's happening with Chase U. So Tyler Bates out there and uh, he's, you know, 
going i don't even know what the hell he's saying he's cutting a promo he's interrupted by the schism joe gacy starts pointing out how they're kindred spirits and tyler Bates like nah we ain't kindred spirits man i don't know what kind of juice you're giving to your mates uh eventually he gets surrounded by the schism we end up going to commercial break we come back from commercial break and we're going into this match with the diet and um Andre Chase and Duke Hudson, right? So as you guys recall, Thea Hale was recently kidnapped by Ava, uh, who's apparently no longer going by Ava Rain. It's just Ava now. And I don't know why, but that's the thing. She's just now Ava. And so she was previously kidnapped by Ava, so kidnapped by the by the schism. And she's been traumatized. And the tra- her being traumatized has kind of led to some losses for Chase U. And so we don't we kind of end up seeing the exact same thing today. We're seeing this match between the Diet, uh, Chase and Duke Hudson. And it's not a bad match, honestly. It was a little, it was quite a bit entertaining. And I also want to take some time to to laugh about Booker T because Booker T, um, Vic Joseph, excuse me, brings up the fact that Charmel brings up the Charmel boogeyman story from way back when. And so Booker T starts going off on the boogeyman. And this is the feud from like years ago. Like you guys remember we had the freaking uh, handicap match between Booker T and Charmel versus the boogeyman of all things. And when Booker T was like walking down the aisle of like creeps and he runs into Gene Snitsky, I think he was licking... I think he was licking Mae Young's foot. Yeah, he was. And then there was Paul Burchill and there was Goldust and they were all like the freaks and stuff and all the freaks. Booker T was somehow attracting all of the freaks. Whatever, that was something. But anyway, so he's going off on the boogeyman during commentary of this match, which I found to be hilarious. But anyways, so back to the actual matchup. It's pretty fun, but we do end up seeing uh, Andre Chase kind of go off and get distracted by Ava Rain. Inside the ring, we see Andre Chase essentially get, um, you know, he's it's basically like a two-on-one. The diet hits their finisher. The diet gets the win. And they also previously jabbed him, like, in the throat. So... Then afterwards, we're seeing the what looks to be like the dissension of Chase U because Andre, no, Duke Hudson starts yelling at Andre Chase and starts telling him that Thea Hale needs to grow up, that he needs to let Thea Hale grow up. And I'm thinking, dude, she just got kidnapped. She just got kidnapped. She is the only person in NXT history that I can think of that got kidnapped and legitimately shown some signs of trauma. Everybody that got everybody that has ever been kidnapped on NXT previously didn't even show any signs of like, oh my god, I got kidnapped. I'm I'm terrified. I'm traumatized. Nothing. Nothing ever. And <laughs> Thea Hale it's like the only one and so now she's reacting to this trauma and Duke Hudson's like she needs to grow up so you're telling me that kidnapping is a rite of passage on NXT it's a rite of passage (laughs) all right so clearly he's a heel here we've been saying this from the beginning we were expecting for him at some point to turn on Andre Chase and Thea Hale, Duke Hudson has always been a little bit, you know, you're not really so sure if he's a good guy or not. And for the most part, I feel like he's been dropping a lot of hints that uh, he ain't the guy that Duke Hudson, that Andre Chase claims to think he is. 
or that Thea Hale even claims to think he is. So I'm still like, hmm, I haven't trusted Duke Hudson at all in any of this. And now that he's trying to like blame Thea Hale, oh, hell no, I'm not here for that. Thea Hale is like my favorite person every single week now on freaking uh, TV. But anyways, apparently kidnappings are now a rite of passage on NXT. You get kidnapped, don't complain. You got to grow up, apparently, according to Duke Hudson. Uh, we got a super chat here, a uh, super, super chat from Ernie Phoenix 23. Uh, thank you so much, Ernie, who says this is more about teaching her fighting spirit. No, she just got kidnapped. It's been like two weeks, man. Two weeks. If somebody got kidnapped and then, you know, survived and they came back to you, Aren't you going to be like two weeks later telling them, grow up, get over your trauma? No, you're not. You're not going to do that. <laughs> Ernie, but I get what you mean because, okay, look, Thea Hale, one of the things that she was talking about previously was having to confront the fear, confront the fear, and this and that. I get it, but it's still funny to talk about. Uh, Ernie Phoenix, thank you so much for studying in this super chat. It's much appreciated. All right, so. Man, uh, we got a super chat here from Heidi Ho. Thank you so much to Heidi Ho. It says, sorry, I'm joining late. Has anyone had a Tiffany epiphany on here yet? <laughs> a Tiffany epiphany. I love that. It rhymes. It's great. Uh, I appreciate uh, that a whole lot, Heidi Ho, for setting this in. Um, all right. So, and oh, sorry about that. I misunderstood Ernie Phoenix's 23 uh, super chat. Someone says that it was actually about Mako. And Roxanne Perez. Oh, Ernie, I'm so sorry. I thought you were talking about Duke Hudson and um, what's her face? Thea Hale. Oh, they, this makes more sense now. No wonder. And I'm here like, I'm here going off about a two-week trauma. Okay, thank you. You're right. This makes much more sense now. <laughs> no one, I was like, what? Um, yes, fighting spirit. I think Roxanne Perez does have the fighting spirit, though. If she didn't, she wouldn't be. Uh NXT women's champion but yeah I get it where you're coming from from more of like the you know the mentor type of thing okay so glad we clarified that very happy we clarified that because I was here like what two weeks and you got to be over your trauma what <laughs> okay uh let's move on from here uh let's see what else we got so anyways I'm sensing I'm sensing the breakup here of Duke Hudson and Andre Chase, all right? Because the last thing I want to see is Andre Chase turn on Thea Hale. Let me tell you, I will be so freaking pissed if they do that, if, 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 they, if they have Duke Hudson manipulate Andre Chase into turning his back on Thea Hale. And then, oh my God, what if he turns his back on Thea Hale and then Thea Hale becomes some like emo outsider? That would be pretty messed up, man. Think about it. Like the group couldn't handle her anymore because she was too sad. So she just becomes an emo outsider. Man, that would be really messed up. But you know what? It would get a reaction out of me. Um, let's see what, um, <laughs> let's press on from all of this, man. All right. Um, let's get into uh, Sol Ruka. She's got a vignette. Aruka's freaking cool. We say this every week, but um, they've been sharing a little bit more about who she is. And this week they uh, uh, show a video of her like practicing a handstand on a skateboard. 
And during this, she's basically talking about how, uh, you know, the NXT roster is so diverse and how they're, everybody's so different and they show little shots of all the different women on the roster. And, you know, she's basically saying if, you know, we were all the same, things would be boring and how she's always trying something different every day. And, you know, she loves when she can accomplish something that, you know, was not easy to do. And throughout the whole time, you know, she says like, you know, she does stuff that she sees on TikTok and she tries to accomplish all of these, you know, tricks and stuff, even if it takes her hours. And then finally, we see her execute this like handstand on a skateboard. And from here on out, she ties it into saying like, yeah, she lost her match against Zoe Stark previously, but basically she wants another shot at Zoe Stark. So I'm assuming we're going to get that at some point once again. Um, definitely not next week because Zoe Stark will be facing Mako, but maybe after that, maybe for Roadblock, we'll get Soruka and Zoe Stark. But um, I've said this before and I'll say it again, though, is that I'm really excited about a lot of these women on the NXT roster. Like there are so many people. I'm pretty much excited about everybody. Like I love Soruka, Tiffany Stratton, Thea Hale, Roxanne Perez, Cora Jade, uh, Isla Dawn, Alba Fire, uh, JC Jane, Gigi Dolan. When you think of all the women right now that they have on NXT that are doing pretty damn good or like are on the precipice of even getting better, it's pretty exciting to see um, the, the, the lineup of girls that they have. It's pretty cool. But anyways, so kudos to that. Um, let's get into, um, speaking of the women, we got a match between JC Jane and Indy Hartwell. So this one here, um, this was basically like JC Jane kind of dominating Indy Hartwell. She goes in there. Uh, we see two sentons from JC Jane. Uh, she goes for the pin. It's a near fall. At one point, she gives her the kiss of death and then hits her with a boot to the face. And just when you think she's about to get this match over and done with and she's about to get this win Gigi Dolan we finally see Gigi Dolan come back and she attacks her from behind uh, so this match ends in DQ and so she attacks her from behind and we end up seeing her get her revenge on her for turning on her when they did the ding dong hello with Bailey so so Gigi Dolan comes in and attacks her and they basically take it all the way to the back. So uh, the crowd's definitely, here's the thing about JC and Gigi. Like I know a lot of us were torn, torn about the breakup. And, you know, we were a little bit bummed out because everybody liked toxic attraction and we were starting to kind of see them take off on their own and what they can be on their own without Mandy Rose. And it wasn't bad. Like it wasn't bad at all. It was kind of great seeing JC and Gigi, you know, do their thing without Mandy Rose. Right. I'm not saying like, you know, nothing against Mandy Rose, but it was just something different and we were into it. And some people, and maybe even, even myself, I was a little bit bummed out about, you know, the breakup of toxic attraction, but the people are responding to this. Like JC Jane, we know is the heel. She's getting booed very nicely by the crowd. And Gigi Dolan, when she popped in, she got a really nice reaction. Everybody was like, woo, Gigi. So so far, it feels like it's working. Feels like it's working. I'm interested. Um, I really liked JC Jean's uh, promo from last week. I, I think she's doing a really good job as the heel. And I'm, I'm excited to see what they do to each other because I'm expecting them to just be really, really mean to each other. I'm looking forward to it. In fact, that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm just hoping for a bunch of meanness. 
<laughs> that doesn't make sense. Um, all right. Uh, let's see what we got here. Ryan also points out that he feels JC is definitely inheriting Mandy's energy. Yeah, but she's kind of, she's a little bit meaner than Mandy, I think. I don't think Mandy was ever as mean as JC Jane. Mandy was a little bit, her character was more that she was like self-absorbed and she was just like, better than everybody and that is what jc jane is doing it but she's more mean about it though like mandy was more like yes i'm fabulous versus jc's like i'm fabulous you know a little bit more of a difference there <laughs> a little bit of a difference there um let's see what else we got here uh this is from steven who says they need to give indy hartwell a consistent storyline she's just been in random matches unfortunately she has been in random matches and it's weird because and i've said this before on on, on, on maybe at another show at some point but indy hartwell i've said this they need to think of something new for her because a lot of the uh, a lot of the new faces that we're seeing are starting to become um, just a little bit more interesting because you got all these people that can go out there and they could do unique stuff in the ring, right? Or they have a very unique character. You know, we're sitting here talking about a Sol Ruka, for example. So Ruka, she's brand spanking new. Uh, she does cool stuff in the ring. We're uh, seeing her character come to life. Tiffany Stratton. She was gone for a period. And even then, she's somebody that, you know, the fans really love. And so there's all these new people coming, and they're sort of becoming more interesting on the show. And so it's kind of leaving Andy Hartwell a little bit behind. And it, it sucks because, you know, she's been there the longest. And so you, I feel like they need to do something to kind of catch her up with the rest of the girls that are coming in right now. And I think they need to like repolish, rethink of something new and different to do with Indy Hartwell. She is liked by the people. It's very, she has a good personality. We've seen her, everything that she did with the way, everything that she did with index index. We know that she can do the personality stuff, the funny bits. And I think we need to maybe, maybe kind of go back to that. Maybe not exactly the way that it obviously was before. Cause you can't, cause you know, Candace and Johnny Gargano and Johnny Gargano and uh, Dexter Loomis are all in the main roster now, but um, you know, they can do something similar to kind of just remind people that, you know what, this is a lovable character on the show. Um, but yeah, it, it seems like she's kind of fallen behind uh, in terms of some of the other newer faces that we're seeing on the show. <laughs> we got this, this line pop me. Danny the Red says, so Ruka supremacy. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know why that was really funny. Um, let's see what else we got here. This is from Ender Buckley who says, uh, Indy has just been lost without her family to the point it's been acknowledged in her story. Yeah, it has, but not so much, just a little bit. Very, very little, very, very little. Man, I can't talk. Uh, Scout Your Boy sends in a comment saying, I love Indy, but unless they do something with her, she needs to be, oh no, I do not think she needs to be released at all. No way, no way. Um, but I oh I get what you mean though I, I get what you mean not released in a way of like goodbye good day but it released in the way of so that she could get a different opportunity I get what you mean like sometimes because that is the case for some people for some people it is the case where you're like man this person would probably be better off in a different promotion right like if they're not going to go to the main roster they're probably better off in a different promotion. I see what you mean by that. Um, and but here's the thing though I do think that Indy is good where she's at. It's just that they need to uh, rechange. Uh, they just need to alter her 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 character. They need to alter her presentation. Just spice things up a little bit with Indy. Um, so yeah. 
And um, let's see what else we got here. And some people are saying that she needs to be called up. I do think that she, there is a place for her on the show where she could, uh, there's definitely a place for her on the main roster to do a lot of, like I said, a lot of the character stuff, a lot of the personality stuff. I think that she can go a long way with that. And it must suck. Honestly, it must suck when you're seeing all the people that you are working with go and get called up and you haven't. Nah, I would not want to have to deal with that at ever at all. Like that must be hard, guys. And so, you know, it would be cool to see her finally get the moment and then find ways to, you know, incorporate her into stories and whatever else, you know, maybe reconnect her with Dexter Loomis. That was definitely something that worked. And right now with Dexter Loomis, nothing like I'm sorry but the stuff that they've been doing with Dexter Loomis on the main roster has been terrible I would much rather see the reunion I'd much rather see Index get reunited on Monday Night Raw than what we've been seeing with Dexter Loomis recently so yeah if you ask me hey call up Indy Hartwell and go do something with Dexter Loomis on Raw go do something similar to what you've been doing I'm here for that because it's so much better than what they were what they what they're doing right now with Dexter Loomis so um, anyways, that's a whole other story for a whole different podcast. But we got a super chat here from Sheldon who says, hot take incoming. All right, here we go. Uh, JC Jane Eagles changed the channel because I don't believe a damn word she says or buys. Hope she proves me wrong. What? I think you didn't you bring this up. Did you or somebody bring this up on the last show? I don't. I don't see how. How I know this is a hot take, so I'm reacting to your hot take, by the way. I don't see how you don't see uh, JC Jane as like a lot, her having a lot of potential. I don't see, I don't see how you don't see it. Um, I really do like JC Jane. Like I've liked her since she was in Toxic Attraction. And I've also liked that, you know, when she did cut that promo, she made sure to say that, you know, the fans were always seeing her as the third wheel, the one that didn't belong. And now she's here to prove herself. I've been liking it and to me, like it's little things, but I've been sensing like just so much more of a difference in her. She seems like she seems really, really excited about, you know, doing this uh, singles run about, you know, feuding with Gigi Dolan. You can tell, you can tell she's very excited about it. You can tell in her promo work. You can tell even in her entrance. You can tell in her match. Um, I'm rooting for JC Jane, Sheldon. I think you will be proven wrong. Just, just give it a minute. Just give it a minute and you'll see it. Maybe once this thing really gets going with Gigi Dolan, I think that's when you'll probably get really into it. Trust me. Trust me. I can feel it. Um, thank you so much to uh, Sheldon Jackson for sending in your hot take. Hey, man, guys. Oh, and Sheldon says it was him on the last show, too. I figured as much. I knew it was you on the last show, too, but I didn't want to just, like, you know, assume, but I figured. Um, <laughs> and Jones says, let's just see where it goes, guys. <laughs> um, oh, man. Uh, let's see what else we got. This is from Steven who says, I think JC Jane is going to be a great heel. Maybe a little bit yet less yelling, though. I don't think she yells. What? What? <laughs> but then again, that's what I'm always accused of, too. Although I do get loud. Let's get loud. Let's get loud. Turn the music. Don't you hear that sound? Okay, great. Now the freaking Jennifer Lopez song is stuck in my head. <gasps> oh, Let's get loud. Oh my God, I haven't heard that song in a really long time. All right, moving on from that. Um, let's see. What do we got next? All right. Um, 
WrestleMania spoofs. Here we go. Um, WrestleMania spoofs. Um, damn. I'm so stoked about these. I've been stoked about the potential of these for like the longest time. And we got quite a few here today. I should have probably, uh, let me see if I can get them up, up, uploaded really fast here. But just to give you guys a little bit of a preview. Oh, man, I really need to start uploading things ahead of time because I clearly have not. But uh, we got Rhea Ripley in uh, Stranger Things. We got Maurice and Miz in Top Gun. We, and here's uh, Rhea Ripley on uh, Stranger Things. We got, oh, that's the original. We got the 40-year-old virgin, which was uh, the Brawling Brutes and Drew McIntyre with Ridge Holland playing Steve's character of Andy. And when he yells out uh, Kelly Clarkson, instead he yells out Ed Sheeran, which was really funny. And so here's a shot of all the guys there in that one. Uh, we got this one between Montez Ford and Bianca Belair and their uh, Rose and Jack and Titanic. And Bianca gets the the I'm flying, I'm flying line. She tells uh, Tess, uh, I'm flying, Tess. <laughs> oh man, that's really funny. Um, and then there was the Goodfellas one with uh, Roman Reigns and uh, Paul Heyman. Let me pull that one up. So they got, they did that one too. And then we already had already seen the one with Seth Rollins and uh, Becky Lynch. So uh, I like these. I'm really excited about, about a lot of these here. Uh, so yeah. All right, and let's see. <laughs> Twitch face says, Denise, are you taking requests? I know, screw this. We're not going to talk about NXT no more. Just give me your songs and I'll just start singing them. Just kidding. Um, all right. Anyways, I like it. I really like a lot of these, uh, these little spoofs that we're getting. They seem, I, I can't wait to watch like the whole thing for all of them. They seem pretty funny. Like the ones that they chose, the ones that they chose look pretty good. And the castings are pretty spot on. Like, I love that they have Rhea Ripley as 11. Like I would have never imagined her as 11. So the fact that they even went there is pretty funny. I'm curious to see Ridge Holland in the role of Steve Carell. Like, I forget that his name's Andy in the movie, by the way. So I keep saying Steve Carell, but um, that character is so freaking funny. And you know, nobody can do comedy like Steve Carell, like the way that he does it. So I'm curious to see Ridge in that little portion of it as well. And then uh, I already know that Roman Reigns is going to kill it. Shit, I already know that. And then what was the other one? I already forgot. Uh, the Miz and Marie's and Top Gun. I haven't seen Top Gun in a really long time. And because there's been, hasn't there been like so many? Or am I confused? To me, every Tom Cruise movie is literally exactly the same. Like Mission Impossible, to me, they're all the same movie. Like I can't distinguish Tom Cruise's movies. They're literally all the same to me, all of them. So I'm sorry for Tom Cruise fanatics, but I cannot distinguish his movies at all. Um, <laughs> anyway, so there we go. Uh, let's see, someone says that they made it. They always make a new Tom Cruise movie and I always forget which one it is. Maverick? Isn't it the same thing? Top Gun Maverick? Oh my gosh, I don't even know. It's the same thing. I always forget these ones. Um, someone says there's been two. Uh, they waited like 30 years to make the second one, says Heidi Ho. Okay, so I confuse it with Mission Impossible because hasn't he done like a bunch of Mission Impossible movies? I'm pretty sure I've seen like a bunch of them. 
Like, I haven't actually seen them, but I've seen the trailers. <laughs> I've seen the trailers. <laughs> I know I have. Okay, Justin Martin says there's only been two Top Gun movies. The recent one was Maverick was the second. Okay, so I'm clearly just, I'm adding them to his Mission Impossible collection. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Zeno Hour says, wow, insulting Tom Cruise movie. Shaking my head, I'm leaving. Honestly, though, when it comes to Tom Cruise, I'm trying to think if there's a Tom Cruise movie that I liked. Eyes Wide Shut with Nicole Kidman was pretty all right. Sure. And I did watch the first. I watched the first one, the first Top Gun movie. I haven't watched the second one. I did watch the first one. And I'm pretty sure I did watch at least one Mission Impossible one. But I don't remember any of the other ones that he's been in. I can't remember any other Tom Cruise movie that I've seen. Oh, man. Okay. Well, oh, Born on the Fourth of July. I did see Born on the 4th of July. Yes, thank you. Okay, that's a good one. Born on the 4th of July. Forgot he was in it, but yeah, I've seen that. Magnolia. I don't think I've seen Magnolia. Um, Let's see. Rain Man. Haven't seen Rain Man. A few good men. Haven't seen Rain Man. Okay. I love how everybody's just send me all of the Tom Cruise movies and I'll figure out which ones I've seen. Uh, but anyways, let's move on from this or else this is going to turn into the Tom Cruise podcast. And then the Tom Cruise stands are going to come and get actually the Church of Scientology is going to come and get me. Oh, hell no. I did not just say that on the air. That is terrifying. Um, Daniel Milana says that Tom Cruise was in the mummy. Oh, man, I don't remember that. I only remember that The Rock was in the mummy. And I only remember the ride at Universal Studios because I just wrote it like two days ago. Justin Martin says Top Gun Maverick was outstanding. Before that, I don't think I saw a Tom Cruise movie ever since Days of Thunder. Tropic Thunder. Oh, The Last Samurai. I did see The Last Samurai. Actually, that one was really good. Never mind. I did like The Last Samurai um, a whole lot. So, yeah, that was a good one for sure. Um, all right. That's it. I'm over Tom Cruise. I don't want to talk about him no more. Um, let's see what else we got here. Um, let's get into, we got a quick matchup that was pretty much a, a quick squash. And this was the Gal uh, Gallus, our tag team champions against Malik and Idris. I think this match could have been maybe a little bit more because we know that Malik and Idris, they can go and this, they could have done more with this one here, but afterwards they had some, uh, guys with cake and they were sent by pretty deadly and it says happy anniversary because apparently they lost to them. And I don't remember that, but, um, they end up throwing the guys into the cake and then afterwards pretty deadly comes from behind and attacks them with chairs. I'm not feeling Gallus yet, guys. I'm sorry. I'm not that big of a Gallus fan. I'm sorry to all the Gallus fans, but I'm not really that big of a fan just yet. Um, I, I'm, I'm ready to see pretty deadly get the titles back. So that's where I'm at right now. Uh, maybe this will change, but right now I'm a little bit I'm a little bit in agreement with Isaac Looper and the comment that he just left in the chat. That's where I'm at. War, War of the Worlds. I did see that one too. Damn, how can I forget? I just did the Universal Studios tour and I've done it like a zillion freaking times. And they have the big setup, the one where the plane crashes. That's War of the Worlds, right? Yeah, the one with the big, that, with the one with the big crash and the plane and everything and he's running out. Okay, well, they have that whole setup there. And I remember because they showed the little clip of Tom Cruise running out and they, sh or he's like holding a baby or something. And then they show the whole plane and everything. All right, whatever. 
Uh, let's see. Joey Grella says Denise hates Gallus because she is a Chase U alumni. Well, yeah, I hated Chase U for like the longest time. I stopped hating Chase U once I really started liking Thea Hale. Like Thea Hale to me is literally the only reason I care about Chase U. So eh, take that for what you will. Take that for what you will. Um, all right. So let's press on from this and get into um, Alba Fire versus Isla. I'm sorry. Alba Fire with Isla Dawn versus Ivy Nile, who was out there with Tatum Paxley. And this was also a pretty quick one. We haven't really seen much of Alba Fire like wrestling wise since uh, she started aligning herself with Isla Dawn. They haven't really you know, kind of told us really what's going on between Isla Dawn and Alba Fire. So um, she goes in there and um, she, uh, this was actually pretty interesting because uh, Alba pretty much gets this win very fast. And for some reason, I wasn't, I think that, you know, because we've been seeing so much of Ivy Nile, I really wasn't expecting her to lose so quickly to Alba. But hey, Alba Fire, she needs to get those wins. She really does. She needs to get, a little bit more it's been it's it's been a kind of a fall because when she was feuding with Mandy Rose you know she was up there going for the NXT Women's Championship obviously Isla Dawn cost her the mat cost her the match we were wondering is she going to go to the main roster is she not going to go to the main roster and now apparently she's under she's either under the spell with Isla Dawn or they just see eye to eye I have no idea that still has not really been clarified to us so I'm not really sure what the relationship here is with Alba Fire and Isla Dawn I just know they look cool together but but um, pretty much this is really the most we've seen from Alba since this partnership with Isla. I, I really hope they kind of explain to us a little bit of more of what's going on there. Is Isla Dawn, does she have her un under some sort of spell? Or are they looking to become NXT Tag Team Champions? I don't know. I feel like I need a little bit more information here on what's going on between the two. But uh, Alba Fire gets a really rather uh, quick win over Ivy Nile. And um, let's see what else we got here. Let's get into, uh, we got a quick match between uh, Tony D'Angelo and Von Wagner. And uh, Tony D'Angelo gets a quick win over Von Wagner as well. Again, Robert Stone is mad at Von Wagner. The last couple of weeks we've been seeing him yell at Von Wagner, help me help you. This has been going on for weeks now. Um, really, all I have to say is that, I mean, eventually, I guess Robert Robert Stone will get something out of Von Wagner, right? He has to, right? At some point, <laughs> bless his heart. He's trying, man. He really is trying. I do think that I've already had a little bit more of an interest in Von, Von Wagner since the pairing of him and Robert Stone, because I always find it funny that Robert Stone's like, help me help you, you know, and it's always pretty hilarious. But afterwards, um, Tony D'Angelo does issue a challenge to uh, Dijak for a jailhouse street fight taking place at NXT Roadblock. And that's going to be good. Obviously, he wouldn't issue the challenge unless the match is actually going to happen. It's still not yet official, but chances are it's going to become official. And I always feel that Tony D'Angelo does best in these situations where we have like weapons involved and, you know, any sort of street fight, Tony D'Angelo tends to deliver a little bit more when there's like weapons and, you know, stipulations involved versus just a simple, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. So this is fine. I'm looking forward to that. I think it'll be entertaining. Um, all right. We have Felon Henley apologizing to Kiana James for accusing her of cheating last week. And she accepts her apology, but then she tells her that 
she must be a little bit jealous. And Fallon's like, I'm not jealous of you. And then she basically says that not to worry because she does have Brooks Jensen's um, best interest. So clearly Fallon Henley and Kiana James are still not coexisting. I had to do it, everybody. I had to do it. All right, we got a couple more things to talk about than the main event. Um, next week, matches that have been announced include Mako Satamora versus Zoe Stark. That's going to be really good. And Carmella Hayes versus Tyler Bate. That one's also going to be pretty good. We got a little confrontation between them uh, in the back today where Carmella Hayes kind of told Tyler Bate, like, you know, the NXT championship, that, that's in my future. Like, it's not in your, like, in your future. Like, I'm going for it, you know? Um, so I think that's going to be a pretty good matchup too. So, so far, two pretty good matches announced for next week's NXT. But now let's get into the um, creme de la creme, the thing we need to talk about here today. And that is Jinder Mahal versus Braun Breaker for the NXT Championship. So last week was an interesting episode because we had this confrontation between Jinder Mahal and Braun Breaker in which Jinder Mahal was kind of a little bit of the fan favorite. Now, I'm not saying every single person and their mothers was rooting for Jinder Mahal here, but there were a couple of people that were cheering Jinder Mahal over Braun Breaker. And we talked about the reception that Braun Breaker was getting and how it didn't necessarily look too great for Braun Breaker. Now, this matchup here, prior to it, we had Jinder Mahal cut a promo where he's kind of recapping a lot of his shocking victories, you know, holding the WWE championship and getting these wins. And, you know, they were showing these past moments where the, he's always tends to shock the fans. Right. And he says that there, if, so there was one moment where he said that the boos for Braun are getting louder. And I thought, Oh my God, he ain't lying, which is kind of terrible, but he ain't lying. Is Jinder Mahal lying? Not exactly. Um, so then he says he's pretty much ready to shock the audience. He says he's made a career out of shocking victories and tonight get ready for the next one. Um, there was a, there was last week. I felt that there was no chance, no chance in how that gender Mahal was actually going to defeat broad breaker. No chance in how after this promo, I thought, shit, what if they do have gender Mahal defeat Braun Breaker literally based on just the fact that there has been more people talking about Braun Breaker not getting over than anything else in coming out of NXT and so there was a slight portion of me that thought what if they do have Jinder Mahal win here and I was a little bit nervous just a little tiny bit nervous going into this match but anyways I want to shout out the graphics that we're getting. So when they announced Jinder Mahal and Braun Breaker in the ring, we got like these little side graphics that popped out of the screen. Fan of those. Anyways, this match, the beginning of it, I didn't think was bad at all. Um, they started it off good by showing everything that Braun Breaker does very well. Braun Breaker, when he's like moving at a fast pace and doing all those high impact moves, uh, he's very entertaining to watch. And so they kicked it off really good. He goes in there, leapfrogs, a shoulder tackle from Braun Breaker. Jinder then goes for a leapfrog, but Braun Breaker catches him and then like freaking uh, a spine buster onto the, onto the, uh, 
to the mat from uh, Braun Breaker. Then we do see Breaker go over the top rope, taking out Sangha and Veer. So it was a really, really good start for Braun Breaker. Finally, back in the ring, we see Breaker and Jinder both go for a clothesline. They both end up clotheslining each other. Um, Sangha and Veer once again try to get involved in this match. So the Creed brothers come out. You guys know they've been feuding. So the Creed brothers come out. They eliminate Sangha and Veer from the outside as they kind of brawl out and we go to commercial. Back from commercial, we're still seeing Braun Breaker dominate. Braun Breaker gets these bunch of German suplexes on um, on Jinder Mahal. Uh, finally, there's a point where Jinder Mahal gets him with a high knee to the face. Vertical suplex, goes for the pin, another near fall. Uh, finally, um, Jinder just starts slapping Braun Breaker. Breaker then finally hits the Frankensteiner. And then a little bit, this is the, the, the ending. I actually thought that, like I said, the better the better portion was really the start of this match. But by the time we got to uh, Braun Breaker with the spear, I thought the match had actually died down a little bit. And I thought the spear was a little bit weak, but whatever. He hits the spear, he gets the win. And uh, Braun Breaker retains his NXT championship. And I'm like, woof, we can breathe now. We can relax. Although, here's the thing. I was a little bit conflicted here because part of me was like, we can't have Jinder Mahal win. This would be a complete and utter disaster. Do not do this. You can't do this. This will just get worse and worse. And this doesn't make sense. If we want Carmella Hayes versus Braun Breaker at Eddingstein stand and deliver, they can't have Jinder Mahal win. And so my rationale was all of that going into this match. And as this match was progressing, those were the thoughts that I was having in my head. But then there was a little devil, a little devil on my shoulder, literally. My little devil was like, I hope Jinder Mahal wins so that there could be chaos on the internet and so that I could have something really dramatic to talk about on today's post show. So don't ask me any questions. My little devil was definitely speaking to me. Um, but Jinder uh, Mahal does not win. Braun Breaker retains his NXT championship. And then after this, we um, see... Carmelo Hayes up on the little stage up on the little platform and it kind of seems because they think he has a mic on his hand and it kind of seems like he's about to maybe say something to Braun Breaker right and then WWE pulled the Super Bowl to be commercial prank on us you guys for those of you that saw the Super Bowl um if you were one of the what 115 million people that tuned in if you were one of those um there was a commercial that Tubi did where it kind of seemed like like I was tricked while I was watching this. I thought that when I watched the Super Bowl and they did the Tubi thing, I thought that I had that somebody had sat on the control, somebody pressed a button somewhere, that the TV was malfunctioning. And so they did that. They did that exact same thing. Um, but instead you were seeing, I think it was the Peacock or something, or is it the network? I don't even remember. But we were seeing them like switch the channels on the uh, on the screen. And I'm thinking, wait, did I do that? I fell for it again. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense. I'm watching on swing. I don't even got these functions on this TV. And so it did throw me off just a tiny bit, but it ended up being Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller, who's been, you know, acting like a bad boy. He's been misbehaving. He's been a little bit of a, we talked about this previously, but it seems like uh, Shawn Michaels may be getting a taste of his own medicine. And I think that's the story that they're going with where Grayson Waller's maybe give him a, a little bit of a headache, you know, and, and uh, that seems to be what they're doing with Grayson Waller and Shawn Michaels and all of that. So um, Grayson Waller ends up basically 
crashing the production truck, ruining the show, cutting off the live feed, takes over, and he starts going on and off and ranting. And then he finally says that, um, I think he said that at Roadblock, he's going to do a special Grayson Waller effect show um, with Shawn Michaels or something. Um, that's what I understood from that, unless I wasn't listening well enough. But uh, that's how the show closed out. And that was that. Um, you know, Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes is what we want to see at NXT Stand and Deliver. We want to, I think Carmelo Hayes is the person that everybody wants to see as NXT champion. Um, I hope we get there. And I think that we will. And I think they're just kind of, you know, they're going to give us a little bit of a tease tonight, but clearly they're going to take their a little bit of time to get there, finish off this whole thing with Grayson Waller, or at least, you know, until Grayson Waller segues into something else. But that was NXT for today, February 21st. Um, all right, so YT says, I thought for a second a ghost was messing with my TV for a sec. Yeah, I was looking at that. I'm like, this is weird because... I was watching on Sling, and even if I moved something like that, was just not a possibility on Sling. So it was so the fact that even I knew it wasn't a possibility for my TV to do that, I still fell for it. Like what? Why? Even though we just sat through the Tubi thing. Um, but anyways, there you go. That was NXT. Let's see some of these predictions here. This is from Zeno Hour, who says. HBK is going to choose Dragon Lee to face Grayson Waller at Stand and Deliver. I've been seeing a lot of people say that. Um, and here, Carol22 also says it here. I've been seeing a lot of people say that, like, on social media and stuff. But I don't know. I don't, I, I'm, I don't know. And I don't feel like I personally have gotten enough to necessarily say that that's going to be the situation, right? So I'm more in the wait on wait and see what what's going to happen. Uh, Christopher also mentions that yes, Wesley is going to be another doing another open challenge next week. He announced this during a uh, backstage interview. Um, all right, guys, that's it, man. That is the show. As always, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the NXT post show. I will see you back here next Tuesday to chat more NXT. But if not, please come back tomorrow for AEW Dynamite conversation. And then Friday for SmackDown and Rampage conversation. It's always some really fun, good times here on Speak Now Pro Wrestling. Uh, also, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to F4W online. Oh my God, we are like a thousand subscribers away from hitting 100K. Like only like a thousand. So please make sure to subscribe. And also head on over to youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. I just oh, updated a little. I just, oh my God, what am I doing? I just uploaded an interview with the Hex that you guys can check out. It's a really fun one with Marty Bell and Allison Kay. Uh, all the Royal Rumble footage. I'm going to be at AEW Revolution. So I'll be updating even more footage. Um, So if you haven't gone to that channel just yet, please do so. It would really mean a whole lot to me. Um, But that's it. I'll see you guys back here tomorrow. Good night, everybody. Thank you so much.